Welcome back, everyone. This is Tony from The Shining Wizards, and I'm welcoming you to round one, part two of the Valet 32 tournament that we're running. Round one, part one has already concluded, and we're not going to get into the results here. We will have the results. Of course, the results of all the voting is still available on Facebook, facebook.com slash Wizards Podcast. And of course, at Wizards Podcast on Twitter, you can see all the results. A few surprises, not too many. But that's apropos for this tournament. When you pick the 32 of the greatest valets of all time, sometimes you're going to cause a little bit of controversy. And controversy, wow, easy for me to say. And sometimes you're going to get a couple of uh, unexpected results. But we're going to move on right now. We're going to recap the entirety of round one when we get together next week. But for this week, we're going to focus on part two of round one. And we're going into the sensational and first lady regions. No matchups have occurred there. And we're going to start breaking down everything for you. Our first matchup is going to take us to the sensational region where number one ranked Sherry Martell takes on the number eight seeded Maurice. Sherry Martell is no stranger to wrestling and managing in the world of professional wrestling. While she was AWA women's champion, she was actually manager for AWA world champion himself, Kurt Hennig. She also managed Buddy Rose and Doug Summers in their feud for the AWA Tag Team Championships against the Midnight Rockers. That's right, the Rockers before they became the Rockers, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty. Of course, when she moved on to the WWF, she originally got her start feuding with Moolah over the WWF Ladies Championship, but then immediately moved on and took, uh, took on a few roles as manager. First, she started out as Peggy Sue, the girlfriend of the Honky Tonk Man, and of course, she got involved in one of the biggest stories of my childhood anyway, where she became the manager of the Macho King slash Macho Man. Of course, she reigned as Queen Sherry and the human wrecking machine, Zeus. We all remember the few that those two had. Now, of course, she also went on to, uh, to second the Macho Man in his feud against Dusty Rhodes. When her relationship with the Macho Man ended, she actually went on to manage... Um, several other wrestlers, including Shawn Michaels and the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. Quite a career she had in WWE. If we look at that, at that in a nutshell, that's a lot. But Sherry continued to move on. She managed Shane Douglas in the early days of ECW, then Eastern Championship Wrestling. She also managed, when she moved to WCW, she managed Ric Flair, and she went on to manage Harlem Heat. Can't get much better than that. Ten-time World Tag Team Champions, Sensational Sherry, Queen Sherry, Sister Sherry, no matter what you want to call her, a true legend in the world of professional wrestling valets. Her opponent in the first round is the number eight ranked Maurice. Maurice, again, just like Sherry herself, spent a lot of time in the game, actually in the ring as a professional wrestler, also a former Divas champion, but she was instrumental in the early career of Ted DiBiase Jr. Yes, that's the crazy thing about it. She had managed a Ted DiBiase. Sherry managed a Ted DiBiase. But it goes on from there. She actually spent a lot of her managerial career managing the career of her husband, The Miz. That's right, two-time former WWE champion, multiple-time intercontinental champion, and many other championships, The Miz. Maurice was there for, as recently as 2019, uh, where Miz won the Intercontinental Championship. So Maurice, not too many other men that she had managed over her career, but boy, what an impression she made in the, in the uh, charges that she represented. Even involved uh, with the mentorship of a very young Brodus Clay, when he was coming up through the old NXT system, where they would have seasons and have new people come in. So there you go. That's Maurice. 
definitely made a name for herself as a manager. That's your first matchup in the first round. The next matchup in the sensational region pits number four, Melina, against number five, Trish Stratus. Melina has been around in the business for quite a long time. Once again, another woman who was in the wrestling business, but also got her name made as a manager. When she came into WWE in 2004, she spent a lot of time managing the tag team Eminem. That's, of course, Joey Mercury and Johnny Mundo slash John Hennigan slash Johnny whatever the hell he is these days. And those guys won several tag team championships under Molina's charge. Uh, she even uh, went through great lengths to make sure these guys got contracts against the best teams and, of course, those tag team championship shots. Now, she did spend some time as a wrestler. She's a former women's champion in WWE. She's also a former Divas champion. Uh, but she did make a few more appearances as a manager as recently as 2019 and 2020 when the National Wrestling Alliance came back into prominence where she aligned herself with Marty Bell and Thunder Rosa and also tried to make a name for herself, telling Thunder Rosa that she wound up, wanted to come after her for the NWA Women's Championship. Melina made quite a name for herself, not only in the ring, but also as a valet, a manager, and a brain behind the brawn. Her opponent in the first round is none other than the number five ranked Trish Stratus. Now, Trish, as we know, went on to become a Hall of Famer in WWE as, as perhaps what many consider one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. But before she actually stepped foot in the ring to do the wrestling for herself, she was the charge of a few names that we all know and love in WWE. And of course, how can we forget how can we not mention the fact that she was the manager of TNA, the team of Test and Albert? Now, these guys were an imposing force, and she was the brains behind them. And she also managed a few other wrestlers at that time, including Val Venus, and she managed him to the WWE Intercontinental Championship. Uh, she was also involved in storylines against the Hardy Boys and Lita. Of course, her career later on would, would see her actually in the ring competing with and against Lita, another WWE Hall of Famer. And she's got a few women's championships under her belt. But of course, she made a start and made her name as a manager and a valet in WWE. So there you go. That's your second round matchup. Number four, Melina against number five, Trish Stratus. The next matchup in the sensational region pits number three, Marlena slash Terry, against Luna Vachon, ranked number six. Terry Runnels got her start within the Turner Broadcasting Corporation as a makeup artist for Larry King, who worked for CNN at the time, and some chance meetings found her becoming the one and only Alexandra York, who became the head of the York Foundation, who managed numerous wrestlers over the years, including Terry Taylor, the self-made man of the 90s, I think his name was, and of course, uh, a very out-of-place heel, Ricky Morton, a.k.a. Richard Morton. Now, she's probably West, uh, what she's probably best known for is moving on to WWE, where she became the manager of Marlena, a.k.a. the director, in the career of Goldust, her then-husband at the time. So, she spent a lot of time with Goldust. Goldust actually winning several Intercontinental Championships under her charge. And, of course, she always made her presence uh, felt at ringside, sitting in her director's chair, not afraid to get involved and blowing smoke, literally from a cigar that she was smoking at ringside, in Goldust's opponent's faces. She then, of course, went on to start managing uh, more wrestlers under her, name, under her real name, Terry Runnels, uh, including wrestlers like Val Venus, uh, who, uh, and she also was involved with the Pretty Mean Sisters. It was her and Jackie, and uh, they managed Meat. 
So you can fill in your own storylines there. But she was also involved in other storylines. She hosted the Terry Invitational Tournament, which was a best of five between Edge and Christian and the Hardy Boys. So she managed the Hardy Boys for a bit. She also went on to manage, um, oh, of course, the Radicals, Perry Saturn. So she was around in WWE for a long time. She did a lot of things. I know the King used to like to call her She-Devil. But, of course, she made her presence felt. She managed numerous gentlemen over the years to many different championships. That is Terry Runnels. Her opponent in the first round is none other than number six-ranked Luna Vachon. Once again, Luna Vachon had a tremendous career as a wrestler inside the ring, but she also got her start as a manager. That's right. She found her way into Florida Championship Wrestling and wound up actually getting into a feud immediately with Kevin Sullivan, but then pretty quickly wound up joining his, his uh, Army of Darkness, and that's when she became Luna Vachon. And that's when she became known with her mohawk hairstyle, uh, the, the painting of the tattoos on the side of her head, and of course, Luna was born. Her first role in WWF when she became man- when she started managing there was to manage Shawn Michaels, the then Intercontinental Champion, in his match against Tatanka, who of course was represented by Shawn Michaels' former valet, Sensational Sherry. From that point, she went on to uh, team up and manage Bam Bam Bigelow, which of course led to uh, some interesting matchups like their match against Doink and Dink at WrestleMania. Uh, but she managed um, she managed Bam Bam Bigelow. Uh, through that portion of his career. Before moving on to Extreme Championship Wrestling, where she managed for a short time none other than Tommy Dreamer, and of course she was involved in the feud with Raven, she actually wound up becoming a foil to Raven's lackey Stevie Richards while also controlling and helping manage Tommy Dreamer at that time. She did return to WCW for a little while just to feud with Medusa, and she did spend some other time in WWE uh, when she returned as part of the Oddities. Now, she did serve in a, in a wrestling uh, context in that point, but she was also there as a manager for the other members of that group. And of course, she managed several other wrestlers over the years, but none bigger and none crazier than her time around this period where she spent managing the artist formerly known as Goldust. Rounding out the first round matchups in the sensational division, we have number two, Medusa, taking on number seven, Karen Jarrett. Medusa, like Sherry Martell before her, began to make her name in the AWA. Once uh, sensational Sherry had left the AWA, Medusa found herself on top of the women's world as the women's champion, but she was also managing Kurt Henning at the time, who was the AWA world champion as well. She also found herself as part of the Diamond Exchange, where she would frequently represent and sometimes team up with Bad Company. It was there that she moved on to World Championship Wrestling, where she found herself as part of Paul E. Dangerously's Dangerous Alliance. And not only was she a wrestler there, but she frequently found herself as the manager and valet to the United States champion, Ravishing Rick Rude. After her time as WWF Women's Champion, she returned to WCW and once again found herself not only wrestling in the ring, but became a manager of sorts for the one and only Randy Savage as part of his entourage. Before finishing her career in WCW as a wrestler, she wound up managing the one and only Evan Courageous for a short time as well. Her opponent in this first round matchup, the number 7 ranked Karen Jarrett. 
Karen spent the entirety of her managing career in total nonstop action, where she not only managed her then-husband, Kurt Angle, in his long-standing feud against Samoa Joe for all the championships, but then, in a life-imitating art storyline, wound up uh, abandoning Kurt Angle and moving on to manage Jeff Jarrett. Now, this storyline actually led to several years of, of managerial uh, services for not only Kurt Angle, but also for Jeff Jarrett, and actually found Karen involved in a feud against her ex-husband and the returning China. While she eventually went on to become the head of the Divas Commission and involved in TNA management, no one can deny the, uh, her presence over those several years as manager of both Kurt Angle and Jeff Jarrett. That wraps up our coverage of the Sensational Division, and the last division left in the first round is the First Lady Division, and we have a great matchup starting us off as the number two Francine takes on the number seven Sapphire. Francine made a huge name for herself under the banner of Extreme Championship Wrestling. What started out as an infatuation with Stevie Richards and a short managerial stint as part of the flock before she was ousted, she found herself managing one of the strongest and well-known tag teams of the ECW uh, history in the Pitbulls. And she spent some time with them in their feud against Raven and Stevie Richards where they won the ECW Tag Team Championships. She even helped Pitbull number two win the ECW World Television Championship as well. But the relationship with the Pitbulls didn't last too long as Francine became uh, perhaps her most well-known version of a manager when she went on to become the head cheerleader of the franchise, Shane Douglas. A position that she stood in for several years through Shane Douglas's recreation of the Triple Threat, his winning of the ECW Television Champion uh, Championship, and of course his regaining of the ECW World Heavyweight Championship. After her time with Shane Douglas, she actually went on to manage Tommy Dreamer for a short while, and then of course went on to manage the next ECW World Heavyweight Champion, Just Incredible. After spending some time in TNA, Francine returned to ECW under the WWE banner, where not only was she involved in the ECW One Night Stand pay-per-views, but also managed Balls Mahoney in his feud with Mike Knox. Can be argued that Francine was probably the most well-known valet to come from ECW. Her opponent in the first round matchup in the first lady region is number seven, Sapphire. Juanita Wright was a professional wrestler in her own right throughout uh, the St. Louis area, but she found herself in WWF managing the one and only American dream, Dusty Rhodes. She would come to the ring with him dressed in black and polka dots, just like Dusty did, and she found herself in a heated feud managing Dusty in his battles against the Macho King Randy Savage and, of course, Sensational Queen Sherry. The two of them will actually find themselves on tag, as tag team partners against the Macho King and Queen Sherry at WrestleMania VI. So while Sapphire was a great inspiration for Dusty Rhodes, she wasn't afraid to get in the ring and get involved, and she was a great counterbalance to the nastiness of Sensational Queen Sherry. Sapphire even found herself working alongside the lovely Miss Elizabeth, who wound up seconding not only Sapphire, but Dusty Rhodes in this feud against the Macho Man and Sensational Sherry. Now, unfortunately, the relationship with uh, Dusty Rhodes didn't last for a very long time, as Sapphire wound up selling out to her benefactor, the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. And unfortunately for us, Sapphire didn't stick around WWF for much long after that, so we didn't find out how well she would manage the career of Ted DiBiase in his feud against Dusty Rhodes. 
The next matchup in the First Lady region pits number three, Vicky Guerrero, against number six, Tori Wilson. Yes, we all know that Vicky Guerrero is the widow of the late, great Eddie Guerrero, but after Eddie's passing, she spent an enormous amount of time honing her skills and becoming what many consider to be one of the greatest valets of all time. During her early tenure in WWE, she found herself not only representing but battling against the likes of Rey Mysterio Jr. and Chavo Guerrero Jr. before going on to form the group La Familia with Chavo, Edge, and of course the Edgeheads, Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder. She actually helped Chavo win the ECW World Heavyweight Championship from CM Punk while ECW was still in existence. And also found herself finding a way to help Edge win and continue to retain the World Heavyweight Championship. She, of course, would go on to become the SmackDown general manager on several occasions and even used her influence to not only uh, wreak havoc on the babyfaces, but also to continue to support the World Heavyweight Champion Edge. She also went on to manage Dolph Ziggler and spend a little more time as the commissioner on SmackDown before finding herself in the past year working for All Elite Wrestling, where there she's not only making a name for herself with her, with her uh, iconic Excuse Me scream, but also in managing the career of Nyla Rose, who recently made it to the finals of the American side of the AEW Women's Title Challenger Tournament thing. So as you can see, Vicky Guerrero, no stranger to being a manager of champions. Her opponent in this first round matchup is number six ranked Tori Wilson. Tori Wilson first appeared in wrestling for World Championship Wrestling, where she accompanied Scott Steiner to the ring. And the, uh, the brass behind WCW wanted to get her involved in storylines. And there was probably none bigger at that point where she represented David Flair against his father, Rick. After spending some time representing David Flair, she moved on and represented Billy Kidman, and eventually the two of them wound up joining the group called the New Blood. Before WCW closed its doors, she also went on to manage Shane Douglas. When WCW closed its doors, Tori found herself in World Wrestling Entertainment, where she started her career managing Tajiri. For a short time, she found herself teaming with then-boyfriend Billy Kidman and also found her way into wrestling much more frequently than she had before. She also went on to manage Billy Gunn, Carlito, and Jimmy Wang before calling it a career. Our next matchup in the First Lady region sees number four Ivory taking on number five Sable. When you think of Ivory, you don't really think of her as a manager. Matter of fact, she had quite a successful career in the Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling and in other independents around the country before she found her way into WWE. Early on in her managerial career, she found herself as the charge of D'Lo Brown and Mark Henry. But perhaps the role she's more, most well known for as a valet is as the female presence in the group Right to Censor. Ivory going into this group's formation had found herself battling against the bra and panty matches and the jello matches and the mud pit matches that she found all around her and wanted to bring back some, uh, some normalcy to women's wrestling. So she became one of the voices of the right to censor and found herself actually supporting all of the men on the roster and being involved in the storylines and their matches as well. And for a short time after right to censor, she found herself managing the one and only Lance Storm. Her opponent in this opening round matchup, number five, Sable. 
Sable started her career in WWF, innocently enough, as the valet of Hunter Hearst Helmsley. But when he was disrespecting her backstage after his loss to the Ultimate Warrior at WrestleMania 12, a debuting Mark Merrow swooped in and saved her from embarrassment. This led to her being supportive of Mark Merrow in his feud against Hunter Hearst Helmsley and led to her becoming a successful valet. Mark Merrow found himself in a feud against Goldust, and what better foil to Luna Vachon than his new manager Sable? And this actually found Sable getting physically involved both at ringside and during mixed tag team matches. While Sable was involved in several storylines, including one with Stephanie McMahon when she returned to the company, the only other person she had managed in that time was A-Train in his match against The Undertaker. So while Sable went on to find great success as an actual professional wrestler, no one can take away her early time and her early storylines with Mark Merrow as his manager. And finally, our final matchup of the first round and the first lady region sees number one, Miss Elizabeth, taking on number eight, Stephanie McMahon Helmsley. There's not much more that can be said about the history and the career of Miss Elizabeth in wrestling. She got her start in WWF as the manager of the Macho Man Randy Savage. She actually wound up winning a quote-unquote um, manager selection process that was run over several weeks on WWF programming where we found out that this newcomer was going to be in charge of the Macho Man's career. And during her time in WWF, she not only managed Randy Savage, she wound up managing her te his team uh, with Hulk Hogan, the Mega Powers. She also went on to manage Hulk Hogan and Brutus Beefcake as the Mega Maniacs in their feud against the Macho Man and, of course, Zeus. She also found herself managing several other people uh, during her time in WWF, including, like I said earlier, seconding Dusty Rhodes and Sapphire, also, once again, being the thorn in that side of uh, the Macho Man and Sensational Sherry. But, of course, she managed the Macho Man to the WWF Championship. She took over as manager of Hulk Hogan while he was WWF Champion. So, Miss Elizabeth, no stranger to being a manager of champions. Eventually, she found her way to WCW, where she managed more champions. She became the manager of Ric Flair and one of the managers of the Four Horsemen. She found herself involved again with Randy Savage as his valet for the New World Order. She also became the manager of Eric Bischoff and was once again involved in some of the uh, storylines later in the, career of, in the history of WCW, where she managed Lex Luger and Sting. Miss Elizabeth. No stranger to being an excellent valet, manager of champions, and manager of some of the biggest names in professional wrestling. Her opponent in the first round, the number eight seeded Stephanie McMahon. Once again, there's not much more you can say about the career of Stephanie. She spent plenty of time actually wrestling in the ring, but her significance in wrestling management has to go to her boyfriend slash husband now Triple H himself Hunter Hearst Helmsley she managed him to the WWF championship several times she's come back to represent him in significant Wrestlemania matches several times she was part of the McMahon Helmsley era where she was not only the manager of Triple H's career she was also simultaneously the WWF women's champion no one can deny Stephanie's presence in the world of professional wrestling, but you also can't take away from the fact that she was significant and influential in the management of the career of Triple H. We also can't forget that Stephanie McMahon was involved in some interesting storylines over the years, including that where she managed Kurt Angle. 
And of course, she represented various members of her family throughout history of WWF in various feuds. And there you have it. That's part two of round one of the Valet 32 tournament. The the sensational regions and the first lady regions to be decided this week starting Tuesday at 2 p.m. and running through Friday. Uh, You can vote online, like I said earlier, on Twitter, at Wizards Podcast. You can also vote online, Facebook.com slash Wizards Podcast. You can vote once in each place. So make sure you tell your friends, tell your family, spread the word. These things are always a lot of fun. They leave a lot of discussion uh, amongst the wrestling fans, amongst the people in the industry. And it's something interesting to do. I mean, it's that time of year. It's March Madness, and the Wizards like to go mad as well. Now listen, this... This, of course, like we always say, uh, we always recommend and we always suggest that uh, if you want to find out more information about any of the women that are involved in this tournament, please do so. There's plenty of stuff out there as we covered. But, you know, covering all this in 20 minutes doesn't really do it justice. I try to cover the main points. I try to get some of the main stories out there. And, of course, just try to give you a picture of the significance and why we chose these women to be part of this tournament. Once again, make sure you go out there and vote. Next time when I come to you with one of these specials, we'll go into a little bit in depth as to the numbers of the winners and losers of the first round, and we'll take you into the Sweet 16 and those matchups. Like I said, make sure you're voting. Happy to have you aboard. Hope you're having fun and hope you're enjoying this. And we'll see you next week with the round of 16 and all the results of the round of 32 in the Valley 32 tournament. 